Hey, Dad. 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 Hello, and welcome to Dad Men, the newest and best podcast on fatherhood and parenting. I'm Ryan Hartnett, father to 18-month-old Falcon Hartnett here in San Francisco. And I'm here with Brendan Collins, father to six-month-old What's-Her-Name Collins in New York City. Hey, Brendan. Hey, Ryan. How's it going? Going great. How are you? I'm great. So on Dad Men, we're going to bring you a total non-expert take on first-time parenting. We are not experts. Uh, We are enthusiastic, but we are rookies. Uh, So this is not an advice show. Uh, But listening might give you some good ideas about what not to do by giving you a chance to learn from our sort of, let's call them learning experiences. Uh, not the learning mistakes. experiences. Yeah. Yes. And on this week's episode, we're going to discuss the mother of for all first time parenting concerns. Of course, I'm talking about sleep. sleep. Uh, yeah, sleep. Um, the mother just of the, all of them. Uh, what, I know. Or, or lack thereof. It's so much deep. Uh, what, what, yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, it's something we both obviously have a lot of experience with. You get it rather quickly in your time with your newborn. So, I mean, for what's her name? She's uh, six months old, and she's not teething yet, but she is sleeping through the night. Uh, and we'll talk much more about how that it comes into being in a bit. But I think sleep-wise, by six months, we've gotten into a pretty good routine. Her napping is pretty consistent. Her through the nighttime is just like a seemingly like a like a rock she's out for usually seven uh from seven thirty ish to six thirty lately it's been six forty five maybe even seven o'clock in the morning it's just i, I know you, it seems like i hate you uh yeah it seems like i won some kind of lottery um but that's where she yes. is at right now nothing gold can stay i'm aware of that but for now yep i'm knocking on the wood that I have in this fancy recording studio I'm in. Yep. Nope. You did. You did. You hit. You hit pay dirt. Uh, well, Falcon. Falcon Hartnett uh, is a wonderful little boy, 18 months old, um, mouthful of teeth, and uh, really uh, loves trucks. Um, every third word out of his mouth these days is truck, truck. Um, so starting to starting to do a good deal of talking and, and running and walking, um, and uh, you know absolutely sleep trained, sleeping through the night. Uh, but through the night um, ends, unfortunately, pretty regularly at 5.30 in the morning, um, sometimes 5, very occasionally 6, and boy, is that a joyous day. You wake up on the, the day that, that you know, you're woken at 6 a.m. to the, the call of falcon, and uh, you feel like yeah. the birds are chirping, the sun is shining, even when it's still dark out here in San Francisco. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll take it. Uh, we just, we just uh, need to remind ourselves to get to bed early because Falcon is an early well, riser. Well, yes, most uh, birds of prey, often they have to get up in the morning to hunt and stalk <laughs> their, their kill for the day. Hey, Dad! So sleep's our topic this week, and, and why is this important? Uh, new parents talk about sleep. That's all we talk about. Pretty much all the time with other new That's parents. all you can think That's about. That's pretty much all Because when you're not about. sleeping, all you um, think about is sleep and, and how bad you want it. It's sleep, going to sleep, how you're going to get to sleep, how you're going to get them to sleep. Um, and there's a good reason for this. Uh, newborns um, have some special qualities. Uh, for example, um, infants need to eat every three hours. 
And unlike adults, they sleep on 45-minute cycles at a time. So when you bring your newborn home, uh, every 45 to 90 minutes, they're going to be up, they're going to need to eat, and then 90 minutes later uh, to, a, to a couple of hours, they're going to be back to sleep. I was just reading a New York Times article the other day um, on how important sleep is to marital health, um, how quality of sleep correlates to pretty much being good at anything in your life. Uh, it couldn't be more important and is a hard, uh, hard thing to go. Yeah. And I especially think if you have a great relationship with sleep, like if you're a person who loves sleep and prizes the time you get, like maybe eight, nine, maybe 10 hours, like if it's a weekend, uh, you're going to have a serious adjustment to your life when you have a child, because this is not a democracy. You do not get an equal say in what happens (laughs) to your sleep schedule or lack thereof. Uh, but just it's also some interesting stuff that yeah. you learn when you're a new parent about baby sleeping in particular. Uh, so this blew my mind, is that babies napping more throughout the day will almost certainly lead to more sleeping at night. So sleep during the day begets more sleep. It's, it's completely counterintuitive because you think that, like adults, you, will, you have like a certain amount in you in a 24-hour daily cycle. Whereas newborns do not have that. They are just, they cannot get enough sleep. Yeah. I mean, if I sleep for two hours in the middle of the day. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's going to be terrible. My sleep at night for the worse. No. Two hours hours during the day. That's another two hours a night. This was surprising to me, too. That's a four hour net. Yeah. It's just nuts. Um, The other crazy thing is that babies have to be trained on how to fall asleep. And I'm not talking about training on, on how to sleep through the night. I'm just talking about like the act of falling asleep. It's not super, super intuitive. And so uh, you have to be able to work with your child because each child is different also. That should be, that phrase in Latin should be like the show's like seal. And it should be on the crest. Every child is different in Latin. Every child's um, different. So some kids are just Every pros at it. Different. They get it. Um, some of them fall asleep nursing, some of them fall asleep in the bassinet or the crib on their own. Others have to be taught. Uh, so that's why routines are so important because you get your, your kids used yep. to something, even a week or two or three yep. or four weeks old. Uh, they start to, they start to get, you know, muscle memory they start to understand, oh, this is what's happening to me now, which means that I should probably be do the, doing this next. Um, what's also great if there is a silver lining yep. about newborns. Yep. Uh, being on three-hour feeding cycles is that they can sleep through just about anything. It's very loud in the womb. And so yeah. that's why, yeah, this it was just baffling yeah. to me. What is it like? This the sound surprising. of a vacuum cleaner is like 60 decibels in the womb. Uh, like if you're a, a yeah. mom who's yeah. just walking it's, around, yeah, it, it's yeah. really loud in the womb. Uh, it's like a lawnmower. Just you're, you're walking. What's her name around Manhattan? It's like uh, Joe Pesci and my cousin exactly. finally getting his good night's sleep uh, when he goes. To so well, that's why you see a lot of new parents have like white noise, noise machines, and you know they, you can bring your baby out. You can bring a baby out to a crowded oh, park can't go or a restaurant or even a bar. Like you see a baby asleep in a in a baby Bjorn kind of front backpack carrier thing, and you're thinking like, how how is this baby asleep? I can barely hear myself think. I'm happier. an old person. At, well, I'm a 31-year-old at a bar, and I can't hear anything. This baby seems to be sleeping right through it. But there's something uh, cruel. There's a cruel irony there, though, which is that it also, I think, 
it has to be consistent, right? So if you uh, are clanging pins, yes. of course, that's, that's probably going to stop your baby from going to sleep. Thus, if you put the baby to sleep in a quiet yes. household... So that's why that one time when we had to clang the pots and pans for seven hours, that was a rough night for us. That was a rough night. But our arms, our <laughs> upper, like our delts if only you'd and, know. and, and if traps only you'd know are not so to toned now. It's just, you know, you take the good, you take the bad. You make lemonade. That's what I'm saying. Yes. Dad! So tell me, Brendan, what did you expect around sleep before little What's-Her-Name was born? So... We knew that this was going to be the biggest axe to grind, right? Uh, it's kind yeah. of this legendary oh. monolithic hurdle that you have to just so much fear. figure. Yeah, there's so much fear. Uh, and also because, like, you hear of some kids who are just angels and they sleep through the night by themselves at six weeks. Mm -hmm. And then you hear horror stories. I mean, I have, I have work colleagues especially who come in and they're just... They look like they just got back from zombies from a theater of war, and they have thousand yards. Shallow eyed and just they they're oh. talking, but they're not there. You know, there's no there That's there. Right. Uh, so I knew it'd be tough, <laughs> uh, but we figured. You know, I like I, I was a, an athlete in college, and I had to get up super early every day for practice. So I knew I had like the muscle memory to get up in a pinch so in the middle some, of the night. You had some training. Yeah, like I was used yeah. to doing that, and I. Thought like yes. eh, it'll it'll be fine. I've done that before. Uh, you know, we could trade off the like the graveyard shift feeding at two, three in the yep. morning. And then I was like, you know what? Like I'm a reasonably healthy adult. Like I can function on not a ton of sleep. I'll just muscle through it. It's part of part of the deal. Um, so that's kind of what I that's what that's where I was right before what's her name. So you found up. some some room for optimism. I did. You know, I think I'm generally a glass half full type person. Um, but yep, I, I knew it would be tough, but I was like, you know what, we just got a grin. Yeah. So what about you? Sleeps, sleep deprivation was definitely the thing I was most worried about before before Falcon was born. Um, I uh, I read before he was born what I now consider to be my early parenting bible, a book called The Good Sleeper. Uh, not not since reading Lord of the Rings as an eighth grader <laughs> have I left a book more dog eared from reading and rereading it than this book. And we'll talk a little bit more about this book. But from the, the introduction, uh, the author writes, good sleepers are not born but raised. Uh, and as you said about having to do that training, one of the absolutely insane things I never would have known um, is how frequently a baby needs to be put to sleep and how they need your help to go to sleep. So um, my trepidation was, uh, you know, slightly... Uh, eased by having read this book. Um, that said, like your early morning wake-ups for um, practice, we had some unfortunate training as well um, because we have a cat, and um, basically since the first night she came into our household, she has woken us up every single morning in our little one-bedroom apartments um, to be fed uh, early in the morning. Um, and so we actually did have a little unfortunate training around early morning wake-ups. Uh, so, I mean, uh, I, yeah, we, I, I was kind of the same boat, although maybe it sounds like a little bit more optimistic, uh, but we didn't have, a, we didn't have a cat. Yeah. Uh, but our experience has been, I mean, it's rough. Like there's no two ways around it. It's, you know, you're, if you're, we're talking a month, uh, you know, six weeks of not sleeping, we're talking six months, everyone's experience is different. No one's is great, you know? 
but yeah, I think yeah, once we got. Although I heard about some people, I heard about some people from our prenatal class whose babies were somehow you know waking up once a night, the uh, first week at home. I mean, it just. Uh, I, I, we don't need to talk about them. Let's treat them as as the the. the oh exception. God. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't want to talk about those people, um, but. I also think if there's one lesson to be learned from the first six to eight weeks for us, uh, it's that uh, nursing mothers have a level of fortitude and strength that I didn't know was like standard issue in human beings. It's amazing. Uh, it's yes. so rare that you get yes. to see someone just persevere through something that is so plainly awful. Uh, yes. It just it makes you feel kind of just lucky that this is kind of the way that humanity has evolved into this kind of partnership <laughs> where one person does way more work than the other in a very, very important part of, uh, of life. Um, so my wife did an amazing percentage of the work, certainly a majority. Um, yep. And once we got the bottle introduced at about two weeks, I started doing the graveyard shift. I could, okay. you know, depending on how the pumping situation was going, I could... Uh, give a bottle feeding here or there. Uh, but once we introduced the bottle, it became much, much easier because then, what's her name? Yeah. Uh, you know, didn't have to rely on mom the whole time. So, uh, and then also kind of the, I, in a perverse, she yeah. did. No and problem. she took to the bottle? Yeah. She, she, that was yeah, we have a later episode this now. season about nipple confusion. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, RP, no, we don't. <laughs> our pediatrician, we? we asked our pediatrician. Uh, yeah. There is a lot of research and literature on, on the idea of babies being, you know, having difficulty taking a bottle uh, at the expense of breastfeeding. Our yeah. pediatrician said, like, I've, I'm just not really sold on it. I tell everyone to try it. I think a bottle, introducing a bottle yeah. is one of the best things you can do for your sanity. So we said, That's, that sounds pretty pragmatic. Yes. Um, so then those 2 a.m., you know, 3 a.m., 1, th 1 a.m. feedings, uh, it was a kind of a nice opportunity for me and me and what's her name to to bond a little bit. Uh, I watched seasons two through six of Archer uh, earlier this year when she was doing those oh. super early morning feedings with me. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You you Down make lemonade time. a little bit, so I couldn't tell you at all what happens because yes. I was so zombified. But I remember yeah. laughing and I remember <laughs> having a good time. Yeah, I read a lot of things I don't recall. But uh, how, so that interesting, that routine. Um, so you would take the graveyard shift. Um, you know, uh, yeah, how did this, how did that, how do you feel about kind of getting up at those hours of the night and then what you, yeah. you'd go so back to sleep? So we would do, hours. you know, the three hour schedule is very much in place. So uh, we would top what's her name off at around 9, 9.30, sometimes 10. And then yep. uh, my wife would just immediately then go to bed. Uh, soon as she was done feeding, and what's her name was is pretty pretty quick. She's a quick eater, so which is nice. Um, she can get a comfortable six nice. ounces ish uh, in like fifteen twenty minutes. So it's pretty it's pretty good. So then yep. my wife would just yeah, not not like Falcon. Sometimes he's a bit uh, what's the word? Not yeah, dainty about particular. It, no. Yes, just likes to take his he's Your a rush perfection. Yeah, yes. Yes. Yep. Kind of staring off. The He's distance, like taking little notes. The moment. Like, hmm, hints of 2 vanilla. Hmm. Reminds me of a 
92 mm. Chateaubriand. Mm. Yes. Bean ice cream. Um, oh, but no. then uh, <laughs> I would, uh, you know, change her, put her down, usually down by 10 30, 11 o'clock. And then sometimes I would just stay up until 1 30 or 2. Um, other times I would. What? Yeah, because I, I just. Are you kidding I don't me? like. I, I sleep best in, in segments. I don't know, because I'm Why? a masochist. Um, but sometimes I would just go right to bed, and then when she would wake up, sometimes you get lucky. I'd go to bed at 10.30, and uh, what's-her-name would start chirping and squawking at 2.30. So that's like a solid four hours. Um, yeah. No. But then I would get that's up. And bad. then once I put her back down, uh, the next feeding, which is usually around anywhere from 4 to 6, was, was where my wife kind of took back up. Yep. So she was, she was usually getting six, yeah. seven straight hours a night. Uh, and I was kind of doing the same. Yep. Yeah. That's the way to do it. That's the way to do it. Make sure you're each getting some good continuous block of sleep like that. Uh, that yeah. graveyard shift was pretty, pretty coveted in our household. Um, mainly because for whatever reason, both of us struggle more to go back to sleep at four than we do at, you know, two. Um, right. and Falcon, uh, his, his sleep would get progressively worse as the night wore on. So while you might only see him at, say, uh, 10 p.m. and 1 a.m., uh, that second shift you're going to see him at maybe 3, 4, and 5. Um, yeah. And it was, you know, so we would switch off who took which shift. Um, he was on a bottle very early on. Um, he was actually born a little small, underweight, so he was part of the uh, what they called at the hospital the Cub Club protocol, which meant he was getting a mix of breastfeeding and bottle right from the beginning. Uh, so as soon as we brought him home, I was able to to take roughly half the night, um, and uh, you know it was um, it was kind of a, a delirium, like a delirious joy that those first four weeks, as I was uh, had the privilege of being on paternity leave. But um, as soon as I went back to work. And, you know, we'd go through that night of, um, we'd go through a night like that, and then I'd head to the office. Um, I'll tell you what, I was uh, pleasantly surprised by how functional I was at the office, at least for the first half of the day. Uh, you tried to get a meeting with me in the afternoon, and I'd just kind of, like, stare at you with dead yeah. eyes. Uh, yeah, but, I'm here, uh, but I'm not here. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. But those middle of the nights, those, that graveyard shift was... Uh, Truly uh, a unique and bizarre experience uh, being awake at those hours. Uh, you know, they say that new parents have no free time um, except for the fact that you have all this, this time in the middle of the night with your little one. Uh, and I went on some rabbit holes. I remember reading uh, a critique of critiques of Melissa McCarthy's box office success. She had some movie that was poorly reviewed at the time. So it was, it was um, the backlash to the backlash. It was the backlash to the backlash and like saying, you know, Melissa McCarthy is one of the most successful, you know, run of, of money making movies of all time. Um, but, you know, everybody has uh, everybody has their, you know, their poorly reviewed movies. And it compared it to as Rodney Dangerfield in the 1992 film Ladybugs about his stepson posing as a girl to play on the girls soccer team and then driving them to victory. And I thought about that movie because I remember really liking it and thinking at 2 a.m. as I fed Henry, I wonder if that one holds up. Uh, it does not. So Jonathan Brandis, oh, the, okay. uh, the kid who plays 
he's, he's in a bunch of other awesome stuff from the 90s. He was on that show Sequest DSV. Talking about rabbit holes oh, right Sequest. now, right? Yeah, so yes, with, with the talking dolphin. It was uh, so good. crappy Babylon 5 underwater was the show. That's right. That's right. Yeah, it was a low rent Babylon Five, which was itself a low rent Star Trek Next Generation. Um, yes, but yeah, all, yeah, there's so much opportunity to just see where the internet will take you when you're up at three in the morning and you want to be asleep but you can't. Yeah, because you have just kind of squinting one eye at your phone. Yeah, you know, this was before Apple released the the night shift setting. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, it stung a little bit. Yeah, I developed some pretty gnarly insomnia, I think because I was just staring at a screen so much. Yes. Uh, it, took me, it took me like a couple months to get back into the groove of being able to, when my head hits the pillow now at, you know, 10, 30, 11, to actually yep. fall asleep. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I guess we were tired enough that it didn't matter back then how much we stared at our phones. <laughs> So, talking about how we got to the point where we are now, you know, a couple weeks, a couple months go down the road, uh, a pattern starts to emerge, regardless of what that is. You know, some kids, as we mentioned, sleep through the night at six to eight weeks. Those are definitely the kids who are the exception, rather than the rule. They are hashtag blessed in ways uh, that they're only their parents can understand. Uh, but most kids kind of just Not muddle kids. through. Yeah. Uh, yep. Some, you know, I would say just about every kid requires some degree of coaxing or formal pushing. Uh, and there's yep. different methods for training your kids to sleep. This is, I understand, before we say anything else, this is probably one of the more controversial aspects of, yeah. in, of baby parenting. And uh, emotions can run hot. I think as long as, I think Ryan and I are in lockstep on this, since every kid is different, as long as you are being conscientious and thoughtful, and, uh, you know, really trying to do what's best for your kid and for your family. You know, there's, there's yeah, going to be absolutely. tough decisions involved. So for us, we decided once she got to the point where she was pretty consistent sleeper, she was eating really well. She was also kind of big for her size. So um, like right around 12 weeks, we decided to do a little bit of, uh, of the cried out method to see how that goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's cried out as one. There's the... Uh, you know, there's other methods like the, the put up, put down method. There's the Ferber method, um, yep. which is the periodic interval check on without actually yep. touching your little, child. Little pat. Oh, you don't touch them. The uh, I, okay. I think it just it varies. Um, but cry it out yep. is, is kind of like the cold turkey. Um, yes. And for most parents, it's it's, it's a, a unpleasant experience. You know, you put your child down. Very. And then instead of, you know three hours go by and they are hungry but you know exactly how much food they're getting you know how much they weigh you know what a baby is capable of living on just like an adult you know goes 12 hours without eating uh, but manages to get all of the calories they need for the day in the other 12 hours that's just how being a human works Um, that's how evolution has gotten us to the point where we are so well and it turns out if it were up to them they might choose to snack throughout the 24 hour day Right. Um, but they need some encouragement yes. to kind of consolidate those those calories yeah. in the middle of the day. So yeah. we did cry it out, um, and it's it's tough to listen to your kid cry, um, yeah. and it was it was it was a, a kind of frustrating experience. It was kind of painful for that first night. Yeah, what do you remember about it? It for her, you know. Um, 
Yep. So the first night was rough. The, the, the day after, she was pretty groggy. She didn't sleep a ton that night. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, because she wasn't used to having no for an answer when she cries for for food or attention. And did you start it off? Just just put her put her down mm-hmm. and walked away. Yeah. Uh, so night one was was tough, but night two she uh, she she learns quick. We put her down at her normal bedtime, like seven fifteen, uh, and instead of waking up at ten ten thirty eleven like she normally might, she uh, slept until two thirty. She got seven seven hours right off the gun. Uh, and we looked, you know, when she woke up, we're like, oh, that's, that's actually pretty good. Yeah. Isn't, um, that, isn't that, isn't that the thing when you wake up in the dead of night and you look at the clock and you're just, oh, just so surprise doesn't great. even capture it. I mean, uh, so then that was night two. Then then night three, she went from seven thirty to three thirty, And then night four is she went to three, three forty-five, And then you're doing something she right. got yeah. better and better as time went on. So after about, you know, and it's, it's not like a perfect Every night is improvement. It's a you, there's ebbs and flows and peaks and valleys, but the trajectory was yep. was pretty pretty consistent. Uh, after about two three weeks, she was in a really good spot where she would go down by seven thirty or eight o'clock, and then she would be out until like six six fifteen. Uh, and we just thought like this is this is great. So by the time she hit like three and a half months, uh, she was she was pretty much good to go. Yeah, and that's that's on the early end of when people go yeah. through this. Uh, you know, you will read things that recommend doing it um, earlier the better, right? I mean, if you're yeah. trying to do this with a, a walking, talking individual, they mm-hmm. might have something to say about it at yes. that point, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. three months we, um, on the early side. So, yeah, we just based yeah. it on her size and what we and knew she was eating. Size, right? They hit a certain weight. Yeah. Uh, you know that they should be able to make it. And we, we were a, a little past four months, I think. I think we would have done it sooner, but we had a, a two-week family trip, family reunion uh, in a rental house in Maine with my family. And, and it, you know, we just knew we weren't going to be able to do it before that trip. Um, but if, if we hadn't done it, you know, that trip certainly convinced us to do it because, man, was that uh, a, a rough thing to uh, to deal with really early morning wake ups, uh, you know, in a household full of family, um, yeah. and they just got earlier. Yeah, earlier, we had a similar earlier. experience too. Right around we the could, same time, we made you know do a separate conversation about travel sometimes, <laughs> time yes. zones. Dear God, uh, but yes. Yeah, so we we got home and we're like, we are we are going to do this. We are going to take the recommendation of the good sleeper and try the cold turkey cry it out method. And that first night, um, I mean, the good sleeper tells you. Uh, prepare for this, um, put headphones on, clutch each other, whatever you do, do not go to your crying baby. And uh, we were like, all right, we're stealing ourselves for this. We're going to do it. We put him down. He's crying in his crib uh, one room away. And I'll tell you what, it was the most unexpected feeling of the longer he cried, the more I was resolved that I would not go to him because I knew if I go yeah. to him after it's he a, cried a, for 45 minutes. It's a staring minutes. contest. You can't, you can't. Blame. He just knows then. Yeah. He knows that, well, I just have to cry for 45 minutes and then they'll come. Uh, and so I was trying to save him as much as myself yeah. from more of that, that experience. So uh, he also didn't really put us to the test, if I'm honest about it. Uh, 45 minutes and he was asleep that first night. Um, and it was a long time before we succeeded at the same kind of, um, sleep training uh, for the middle of the night, uh, wake ups and go back to sleep. And then 
eventually we got rid of the 2 a.m. and eventually we got rid of the 4.30 a.m. Um, and eventually we were able to do it on naps. For naps now, you know, it's like, hey, it's nap time, see you later. Uh, and he just puts himself down, maybe chats a little bit, maybe uh, maybe cries for a minute, but he, he knows how to put himself to sleep now, and it's because we did this, and it was a really good experience. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, they. That, but as far as, like, they, they will test you, and if you give in an inch, they will take a foot. Uh, it's amazing. They're like, and they're it like, doesn't. The test doesn't stop. No, they're like velociraptors. They're it's just been going they on test, for eighteen months. They test now. defenses at every single point <laughs> for weeks. That's exactly what it is. And they know that if I, you think you're in a I just go inch by inch around this barrier and see where I can break through, because if it if you if yes. it breaks, they'll go. That's it. Yes. Oh, and language adds a whole new element to it. Now, uh, when Falcon wakes up in the morning, the day begins with, Dada. Baba, Baba being right. a bottle of milk in the morning, and he just he just in clearest voice possible just demands it of me, and I'm kind of like half awake in bed just being yelled at by my drill sergeant like yeah. come here, bring me my milk. I am up. I understand that the sun is not, <laughs> but you are due. You are due front and center right yeah, now. Yeah, what's her name is a much more good cop in terms of her approach to waking us up. Just very, it's almost like a like a loud cat that's not angry, but it's definitely letting you know that she's there. It's like a, yes, you know, it's not it's oh, not yeah. crying. It's it's more like that. Both sounds like a cat. It's more like baby. just kind of squawking. Yes, yeah, and I'll, when 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 Falcon starts the day off with with his his uh, demands, it it actually wakes me up with a, a a laugh. It wakes us up with a smile that he's there. He's his own person, and he wants to see me, which is nice. Yeah, it's nice to be liked. It's nice to be liked. Nice to be wanted. Of course, he is trapped in his crib, so he does need me. Hey, Dad! Okay, so we mentioned at the top this is not an advice show, but we did want to give you uh, some chances to learn. So how could you do sleep training with your child uh, and just wrestling with sleep better than we did? So I think, you know, this is one of those things where... Mm -hmm dozens and dozens and dozens of books are written a year on babies and sleep uh, with it full of advice. Uh, So I think, but what not a lot of people talk about is how to talk to people that aren't babies when you're sleep deprived, especially like transitioning back to work. You know, I feel like when I went back to work after four or five weeks, um, what's her name was definitely not sleeping through the night. I was still doing the graveyard shift and then I would have to get up and do the nine to five. Uh, and I felt like kind of shell shocked, you know, I felt like I had just not only, well, you know, obviously I'm not, a, I did not just come back from war, but it was, it was a similar situation where I felt like not only was I super tired and not really present, the only people I felt comfortable talking to at work were other people with kids mm. because I felt like I had just experienced something that is only you know, only like, you know, invite sympathy if you have done it yourself. Um, and it was very yep. strange. It really took me a couple of weeks to get over it because people without kids would come up to me and say like, Oh, isn't it great? Isn't it, isn't it the best? You know, how are you doing? Uh, and you know, <laughs> you're, you're not really prepared to answer that question. Honestly, the real answer is three hours long. Um, but so my, how you yeah. could do this better than us yeah. is uh, I didn't have a go-to stock answer for all those 
you know, the same question you hear 10 times a day. How are you doing? How's Aaron? Uh, just come yeah. up with something, something easy and short. You know, they just want to hear that you're doing well. People just, they're, they're well-meaning, even if the question seems annoying. Uh, so just have something kind of boring in the can ready to go. Uh, they, in your, your coworkers and friends, they may yep. notice you're a little out of it. That's okay. Just kind of own it and just move on. It's part of, part of being a parent. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, you know, one thing I learned when I went back to work was, um, the value of front loading, uh, meetings early in the day. Um, because, you know, by the time I got to work, I might've already burned through three or four hours of my, uh, awake time that day. Um, and I found that to be really useful because by afternoon I was, uh, I was not a good collaborator in the media group at the, around the conference table. Um, other things, you know, I think, uh, I, I, we already mentioned the good sleeper by Janet Kennedy. Cannot recommend that book enough. Um, I think the biggest thing we took away from it was keep your baby well rested, keep them from getting overtired. Because as you said at the top of the show, good sleep begets more good sleep and bad overtired sleep. And this is the cruelest, cruelest, uh, downwards cycle. Uh, overtired babies don't sleep well. Yeah. And can you imagine to be as an adult being too tired um, to and you sleep? Just need... It's just, yeah. So tired it's that you're baffling for the, for the adult mind to understand, but that is what every single child has to deal with. It, that is so true. Uh, and, and one other, you know, piece of advice from the good sleeper, the way it frames sleep training at a high level really gave us peace of mind that we were doing the right thing by helping Falcon learn how to put himself to sleep. We were really giving him a hugely valuable gift, uh, the gift not to be dependent on us to fall asleep, to be able to do it on his own. And it really is a skill that um, you have to develop, that you have to develop in your, in your child. Um, and, and that's, you know, it was good to, good to really recognize that as we went into sleep training. Um, two other things we've innovated on recently. One, uh, since Falcon, just it's his nature. He's up at 5.30, so someone's up at 5.30 with him. Uh, we recently put a sleeping bag in his room, uh, so one of the other of us is there. Uh, we are present, but we are often in a sleeping bag on the floor, just kind of lying there like a dead fish while he prowls around like a little cub bear, uh, and occasionally, you know, you need yeah. to protect your face and your head because he might yeah. come over. And like a bear, Falcon's good hands can crush an algae, right? It's amazing. <laughs> well, his oh, yeah. little fingers can definitely get deep into your ear. <laughs> Depends I don't on know if that's bear. like a bear, but it happens. Uh, and then, um, you know, like I said about the, the noise thing, um, this is, you know, just the nature of living in a city, being in a one-bedroom apartment and old construction with thin walls. Um, during nap time, uh, it is dead silent in this household. Nobody moves. Nobody moves. Uh, just yesterday, it was nap time. We were hoping he'd get a full two, two-and-a-half-hour midday nap in. And we were lying in bed trying to get a nap in ourselves. And we thought he, we heard him crying an hour into that nap. And we were just devastated. We were tense. We were silently listening. It turned out to be nice. a bandsaw somewhere around the neighborhood, someone's backyard. Um, I don't know what the lesson is there, um, but uh, take yes. the good and, and be yeah, grateful. That's a, very, that's a very high-minded way of looking moment. at it. The, the similar yeah. lesson that my wife and I have uh, is the sweetest sound in the world is the sound of someone else's baby crying. 
when you realize that that moment when you realize it's not your baby <laughs> is like uh, it's yes. like you know what I imagine heroin feels like. <laughs> you know, I and I get the sense that Falcon kind of likes it too. Like he'll sometimes look over yeah. at another screaming kid and be like, I am "Huh, killing this? Yeah, that's not me." <laughs> yeah, you know, like wonder what's wrong with that kid. Dad. All right. So for the last segment of the show today. We have a game that I love. It's called Would You Rather. So Ryan and I are going to pitch questions mm-hmm. at ourselves that we haven't seen. Uh, we each wrote these for each other. And they are scenarios where we have to pick scenario A or scenario B, and they all relate to sleep. Yeah. So, uh, you know, in this, there are a couple assumptions have to be made for each of these scenarios. So let's say, regardless of the scenario you hear, uh, you do not have to go to work. You have no family obligations to speak of. Your life is just when and how you sleep and how you don't mm-hmm. sleep. And, you know, that relative tiredness consequences of both of those things. Oh. Okay, so Ryan. For some reason, this is making me really You nervous. know, you don't have a job. You don't have a family. It's just figuring okay. out how you're going to sleep. Uh, would you rather sleep for 15 hours a day in one-hour nap increments or oh. get four hours of sleep a night and that's it? Oh, brutal. That's terrible. Terrible it's, in both it's cases. It's a doozy. It's a doozy. Reminds me of that Seinfeld episode when Kramer tries to adopt that that method of sleeping twenty minutes every three hours. It doesn't work for him. It doesn't work for him. <laughs> uh, but in this case, I just don't see how I survive off of four hours of sleep a night. I, I guess I have to say fifteen one hour naps, even though that sounds terrible. Yeah, I yeah. I mean, this is my question. I think I would go. For the four hours. Really? I don't think I could do... I'm a terrible napper. Oh, I can't okay. do up and down and up and down and up and down. Yeah, yeah. I would just be an extremely unpleasant person I think you're for my entire unpleasant. life. And I would die Regardless. very young. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. Next one. Uh, Brendan. Yes. You have two options. Okay. You, uh, for the rest of your life, are going to sleep... In a baby crib. That is a normal baby-sized crib. Okay. So like two and a half, three feet by yeah, three you're feet not, by you're four feet. Yeah, you're not going to stretch your legs here. Yeah, fetal uh, position at best or, to fit inside of it. Got or it. you have to sleep in a baby Bjorn carrier, which we'll assume is attached to a giant. So like if... For the rest of your life. Like, yeah, like if Andre the Giant or the BFG or someone yeah. Yeah. carried so me maybe around. You're, you know, it's just going about their day. So you're loping okay. along, you're sitting, right. you know, but you're Got up, right? you're in the Bjorn. Okay. Uh, so crib based sleep or BFG Bjorn BFG. based sleep. Yeah. Uh, you know, cause that's the thing, right? Like it's like trying to sleep, uh, on airport, like waiting area chairs. You kind of have to like right. thread your legs under armrests or over them. They designed and you them use for pillows. Not you. They're designed to not sleep. Um, but yeah. the Bjorn, it sounds. I, to be honest, what's her name? Loves the Bjorn. She. Yeah. When so she was Falcon. when she was really little, she just loved it. It was the instant. It was like a tranquilizer dart in her neck. The second we yep. put her in there, she was out cold. In like I've two minutes. I wanted to try it. I, I honestly, we've talked so about this. So my actually. gut instinct would be the Bjorn, based on that. However. Now that I'm thinking about it, uh, if you've been on like a super long flight, yeah, like a ten plus hour flight, right? I get like 
basically gout in my lower, <laughs> the lower half of my body. Yeah. And so I'm imagining a situation where my legs are suspended in air. Right. With partial arterial blockage. Yep. That's probably a terrible idea. Right, because this is kind of like wearing a harness. I mean, the way their legs yeah. split is not uh, something grown-ups are designed Yeah, and to you do could get, like, serious hip dysplasia with, yes. your, with your legs, unless you're, like, an Olympic gymnast. So I think Maybe. I got to go crib. I got to go. I would choose the crib. I think I would either do fetal position or I would do the airport lounge, you know, have both legs over the yeah. sides of the bars, something, right? Doesn't sound pleasant. No. It doesn't sound pleasant, but um, I, I think I have to agree with you. I mean, the I'd love to try the Bjorn once, maybe spend a night that way on, on the BFG, but I, I think for the long term, it's got to be the crib. Yeah. Okay, so, Ryan, one for you. Would you rather have a 50-degree bedroom or a bedroom with a running ride-on John Deere lawnmower running at all times? Oh, fin- finally, uh, an easy one. Uh, I'll take the 50-degree bedroom. I mean, I... Uh, I feel like I grew up in 50-degree bedrooms in Maine. Uh, and you know what? We slept like babies in our little cocoons of blankets, heated electric blankets. I don't know if that, that breaks the, the rule. but uh, I'll allow it this time. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, you just cocoon in there, and it makes getting up in the morning tough. But um, uh, I'd, I'd definitely take that. So like a beaver dam of sheets. That's right. Okay. Yep. Comforters, multiple comforters. Okay. Uh, I... I would probably agree, though I can sleep pretty well with loud stuff. Um, a running ride-on John Deere, although it's not that loud. It's like a pretty nice lawnmower. I don't know if uh, this this, show, this is episode it, is, is also brought to you by John Deere. Running. Uh, it's running. Yeah, it's a lawnmower that is. It's not on. mowing. No, though. it's not mowing. So you're not have, listening to it like hit a stick or no, something. No, there's not like ever. a bunch of gravel caught in the blades. Um, yeah, just running. It's not as loud as you think. Um, but it is a lawnmower that is on and running in your apartment. Uh, All right, Brendan, last one. Would you rather sleep in a coffin for the rest of your life or in an adult-sized baby burrito swaddled blanket? Ooh. Yeah. So, oh, man. So the coffin, I think the real question here is, would you rather be able to get up on your own? At night. So, because the swaddle, similar to the Bjorn, seems like that's a no brainer, right? It just seems like the most comfortable, placid sleep experience seeing my daughter. They're very happy in it. Very happy. They need it, right? I mean, their their limbs, uh, especially. Yeah, they they flail around. Are out of control. Smack themselves in the face, scratch their their faces. I think, because that sounds great, like a Temple Grandin hugging machine experience sounds great. Uh, but yeah. I think I got to go with the coffin. Because I enjoy getting up and sometimes, sometimes I got to get up, got to use the bathroom. Did I leave the stove on? I got to check the baby monitor. With the swaddle, your arms are, are incapacitated. You can't. You'll need some core strength yeah. to get up. Yeah, you have to basically yeah. crunch your way up and then oh, buttons but- with your face to do anything coffin is like being buried alive it is and it isn't it's got a lid with a hinge you can move it up and down <laughs> if you, unless you're like so in you're a coffin in, that is hammered plank of planks of wood right and then lowered into the earth this is not this is not a coffin heading to you know underground. No, no, no. this is a coffin this is sleeping, like a, like a, a dracula-esque 
coffin sleep experience yes. where you're in a, a musty, yeah. dank basement. And it's like, oh, instead of the master bedroom, we just, Brendan sleeps downstairs in the basement in the coffin. Well, I think in both scenarios, the idea of what's going on around you that you don't know about yeah. or can't defend yourself against is what terrifies me. So I, I think this is a lose-lose for me. But uh, I think I'd probably go with the swaddle, I guess. I don't know. But, yeah, that's tough. And that'll do it for this episode of Dad Men. Uh, I just want to thank everyone for joining with us on this yeah. journey. It's a lovely little experiment that we have. We're excited to bring you uh, things we wish we did, our own unfiltered experience. Uh, apologies to our spouses for butchering details of the <laughs> I'm sure. very important upbringings yes. of our children. Um, but we're having a blast, so thanks yeah. for joining it. Ryan, anything else to add there? Oh, and thank you, Brendan. That was a lot of fun. Uh, and I'm looking forward to doing some more of this. Uh, you know, in the meantime, uh, good luck to everyone out there. Um, hope you have lots of uh, good nights with your little ones and good sleep. Yeah, so this is a show, you know, being a dad is, is more of a state of mind than a parental status. Uh, just keep on keeping on. Yep. Do your best. And uh, we'll all get through this. Absolutely. All right. See you next time, everybody. Bye.